Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hospital at Home has become increasingly popular during the pandemic as a safe way to treat patients outside of the hospital. Last month, Medicare started giving some hospitals flexibility to treat more patients in the model. Today's episode is a rerun of our June interview with Medically Home CEO Raphael Rakowski and CMO Dr. Pippa Schulman. It's Monday, December 28th, and I'm Alex Olgan with Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find the show. This is the time for Hospital at Home, says Raphael Rakowski. He co-founded Medically Home in 2016. In the last three months, the Hospital at Home company started working with Tufts Medical Center and Adventist Health. The model of caring for patients at home has been studied for years and has been found to lower costs and improve outcomes. So why hasn't it been widely adopted? Rakowski says partially because insurers weren't paying for it, regulatory hurdles, and the longstanding hospital culture. Rakowski and Medically Home's chief medical officer, Dr. Pippa Schulman, talked to me about how Hospital at Home can save money and improve recovery time. Here's some of that conversation. Raphael, I know Medically Home has been quite busy in the last few months with new contracts with large medical systems. Do you think this is Hospital at Home's time? Yeah, it's long overdue, but the difference between the models that have been out there through the years is that we decided to focus almost exclusively on very high acuity care, which requires a completely different clinical model, a high level of technology coordination and software. So from the outset, it was a little more challenging to to deploy our model. But the reason our time has come is, in my view, is a confluence of forces. COVID was like that last catalyst, but the hospital clinical business model doesn't reliably create a positive outcome for patients. Economically, it doesn't work. It's not sustainable anymore. And then a lot of hospitals are full and they're reluctant to build new towers. You know, cost of a bed now is $2 million. So with all these forces growing and more and more movement to value-based care, it just became logical that we really need a different way to deliver high acuity care. And then COVID came and it demonstrated a lack of flexibility in the system. Uh, Now 35% of patients around the country are afraid to go back to the hospital at all. So for a lot of reasons, it was a big wake up call, but there was a lot of momentum before that. How hard is it for a health system to start a hospital at home program? How can you tell if they're really serious and how much of a culture shift is it? It really depends on whether or not they're starting a low acuity hospital home program, which is relatively easy to start um, with the exception of really understanding how you have to structure reimbursement. But in terms of a clinical and operating model, 
Most of the lower acuity hospital home programs use physician house calls or send nurses to the home. So a, an average healthcare system with some assistance probably could be up and running in six months. A higher acuity system requires more time, but we've already crossed the threshold. The Adventist program from start to finish was under 30 days, which is a record for us. The real structure and the real strategy and the real culture has to come from a number of places. So one is today the default, the default system for hospital care is the physical hospital. So imagine you're a patient, you're in the emergency department, you have an attending physician, he or she is used to admitting you upstairs when you require acute level care. The mindset here is your first default position is you're really sick, you need to go home. That takes a cultural shift to do that. And then all of the, the systems, the workflows to be able to do that requires some real cultural change. The second is the care team itself, they're working collaboratively and you don't have the typical vertical hierarchy that you would be experiencing in a more siloed system. The most important, at least in our view, that patient and their family has a single care team for their entire experience. They're not constantly handoffed and transferred, which is really debilitating emotionally. So to, to do all of those things I just mentioned is a big shift from a bricks and mortar centralized hospital system. Dr. Pippa Shulman, as the chief medical officer of Medically Home, can you tell me what types of patients can be well cared for under this model and what type of home situation do they need? We assess patients for, to make sure they're clinically appropriate for a hospital at home. Although we can care for very high acuity patients, we still, as to date, can't do ICU level care at home. And so we need to make sure that we are providing as safe a care environment as possible. We also need to make sure that patients have a home environment to receive care. And that doesn't mean um, anything fancy. It means a roof, some electricity, and running water. Patients do not have to have a caregiver at home we really look at the whole patient as experience. Were they safe in their home before they became ill? Most patients who get admitted to this in this country have been in hospitals before in many cases and know that that experience is less than optimal and know that when they're in the hospital, they're separated from the important things that help us heal, whether it's family or pets or plants, the things around you, your pillow. The COVID pandemic has made this increasingly urgent. Patients don't want to go to the hospital because not only are they afraid of infection, they become isolated from their families. What kind of technology gets installed when a patient is admitted to hospital at home? We bring the patient home uh, under the safe care, uh, usually of a community paramedic, and we install the hospital room in their home. And what that consists of is a fairly small footprint of technology that allows 24-7 communication and access to their care team, as well as immediate response to biometric monitoring so that we can see if a patient's blood pressure has changed. We can respond uh, just like the call button in the hospital, but a faster face-to-face -face response. Patients do not need to have connectivity. Uh, they don't even need to have a home phone. We bring one. So we bring a phone and a tablet, a personal emergency response system, as well as the biometric monitoring devices. And we get them situated in, and they meet their, their new physician or their attending physician right there the day that they're admitted. They're connected with the nurse in the medical command center who becomes their, their go-to person for whatever they need over that course of care, whether it's new medication 
uh, or meals uh, or assistance with something. And so we come in, we admit that patient, and then we admit the whole household. They feel comfortable that we're really caring for all of them. I heard you say that paramedics come to the patient's home. Why paramedics as opposed to other types of medical workers? So we use both nurses and paramedics in the system. The advantage of the community paramedic model or mobile integrated health, as it's known in Massachusetts, is that paramedics are used to working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They have a wide range of capabilities, including both treatment as well as diagnostics. Um, And they travel in um, vehicles that are outfitted with um, point of care lab testing, EKG machines and monitoring, um, able to place IVs and give fluids with a rapid turnaround time. And so we've partnered with them and really developed uh, processes and care pathways to make sure that we have an acute rapid response any time of day or night, just like in a hospital. Raphael, I assume reimbursement was one of the early barriers to health system adoption. I understand some commercial insurers pay for this kind of care, but what about Medicare fee-for-service? Currently, as we sit here today, there are waivers to allow Medicare to pay a hospital to care for their patients who requires hospitalization in a home setting. Fee-for-service Medicare is one of those things that we're working on very, very diligently with our colleagues to extend as long as possible. The second is Medicare Advantage has been a, a, a payer for this type of model for quite a while, including in Boston. Uh, commercial insurance has been a payer for this model with a number of, of, of potential users and users, in, including in Boston in our market. And we, we broke through in about a year ago to take care of Medicare ACO patients. And lastly, the bundle payment, the BPCIA program with Medicare is also a qualified program. But there is a challenge because in that 90-day episode of care, it requires a two-day physical stay in a hospital for the index admission. And we're working to try to alleviate that and qualify the home for that first two days of stay. So there are multiple ways to get reimbursed for this today. And that's one of the major reasons we think that health systems are now moving forward. They've been thinking about this for years, but now with reimbursement growing, they're, they're more energized about the model. Let's talk about the savings. Raphael, how much does Medically Homes Hospital at Home program save a patient or insure? The total cost of care for, let's say, an episode that would typically include the hospitalization and all the care that follows, which might be skilled nursing care, might be home care, might even include a readmission. The, the, the program pretty much traditionally generates about 25% savings compared to the current case. In some cases, it's higher for more complex patients, some cases a little bit lower, but that's a really good benchmark. And all of the evidence and all of the studies that have been done through the years are about that, that range of about 25%. And, and the, the number is not magical, Alex, because the fixed cost of a hospital, the bricks and mortar cost is 65% per day. So if you just do the math, when you take that out and you add the additional time for the episode and some of the costs for decentralizing the care, you'll end up with about 25% in savings. Raphael, hospitals are now looking for ways to expand capacity to prepare for surges of COVID patients. So how much flex is there for a health system to expand bed capacity with hospital at home? The newest thing we did with with Adventist that we're now doing with everyone, we're basically providing virtual bed capacity that they can call on uh, whenever they like. So we set up the capacity to basically treat, let's say, in modules of 100 beds, when the, when, a, when the system says, all right, we're having either a pandemic or some other need to surge, like flu season, or they're going to be expanding, another hospital maybe goes under and that capacity needs to move to them. 
basically turn on that virtual capacity. And to set up that capacity takes us about 30 to 60 days. But once it's set up, it's set up and it's available. And that's the idea. So the hospital can expand which whatever number of beds they want. So if they currently have 400 beds and they set up 100 virtual beds, they have a 25% capacity increase in their ability to deal with surges. So it's really up to them on how much capacity they want to create to flex up or flex down. What percent of inpatient care do you think could be realistically moved to hospital-at-home care? About 30% of all the patients currently admitted to the hospital can go home with a higher acuity program. So think of everyone that's going down from a, a ICU, a step-down unit, all of those patients can go to hospital home. Patients that traditionally are hospitalized after surgery could go home. Patients on active chemotherapy in the hospital could go home. Pediatric patients could go home. So when you start to add up the individual patient discharges, you're, you're at about 30% of current patients in the hospital that could be cared for safely at home. Dr. Schulman, I've been with relatives in the hospital, and sometimes it's hard to get a hold of the nursing staff or attending physicians, and understandably, they're busy caring for lots of other patients. But I wonder if some patients in the hospital-at-home model may fear that it could be even harder to reach those folks if they aren't physically in the building. Can you explain how patients can get a hold of their care teams while being treated in a hospital-at-home model? So what's extraordinary is we have built this technology platform named after Raphael's mother, Seisha. And the Seisha continuum allows the patient to literally touch their, their, the tablet, I want to talk to my team. And their nurse will come on screen. If their nurse for some reason is tied up with another patient, it actually very quickly sequences to someone else on the team so that a human is answering that call as quickly as possible. We also have the ability to bring as many people into that visit as we need to, whether it's the physician um, or another family member or even a specialist if we, if we want to. And so your access to your team is 24-7. By keeping the medical command center nurses and the physicians in one location, they actually have more time for patients. And so it's very easy for me as a physician to maybe round on my patient in the morning like I normally would. But if the family comes home in the afternoon, it's also quite easy for me to hop on the video and just review the plan. As you mentioned yesterday, Raphael, the pandemic has been a driving force behind the urge to move to hospital at home for some health systems. But once the crisis passes and people start coming back to the doctor and hospital for procedures, what do you think the long-term sustainability of Medically Home's hospital at home program is? There were three seminal events uh, this week. One was hearing large system CEOs said, this is actually one was a system in Michigan. They lost uh, 400 patients to COVID and five of, additionally of five of those 400 were staff in the hospital and they had 80,000 cases, really extraordinary, you know, and, and the CEO and the team were so fundamentally rocked by that compared to other health systems that didn't have that kind of impact. And this is a quote, there's absolutely no way on earth we can go back to what we did knowing what we now know, which means we need a model that's more flexible, more patient-centric, and not a part of the problem, which actually increases the, the infection spread risk. So independent of, of how our, our enterprise is, is now moving forward, there is a fundamental shift in understanding. That's one force. The larger force, to be candid, since the health system is really, really driven at many levels by economics, the top bankers, the top private equity firms are now saying we're going to bifurcate assets from services. 
we no longer are going to believe that we need those physical facilities to deliver medical care. This obviously started with retail and Amazon. All of those physical assets are now being looked at with, with an eye towards, you know what, we probably need to separate that, use technology, deliver the service without the burden of the cost of the facilities, and you're going to see that really explode because where the money goes, the technology and the innovation goes. And the money people are saying, we, we think it's time to defund these physical facilities and move towards services that are unbundled from the facilities. Having said that, what do you think the hospital of the future will look like? I'm going to predict uh, with my little crystal ball is in the next 10 years, every hospital in the U.S. that isn't full uh, is going to basically level their campus. They're going to build a new campus that will have no more than half of the beds they have today. They'll build assisted living around the campus. They'll build employee housing on the campus. They'll build retail restaurants, health clubs. They'll become a health campus. They won't become a hospital. And they will be able to provide all of the advanced medical care in that physical footprint, which is smaller, and take care of people contiguous to them and have a great place for their employees to live so they don't have to commute and pay a fortune in commuting. So I think that's the future. That was co-founder of Medically Home, Rafael Rakowski, and Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Pippa Schulman. Thanks for listening to Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olgan. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on JustHealthcare.com. Just Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.